What we have here at New Freedom is a move of God and God only. You ought to give God a praise just for that. You are standing in a move. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I am going to ask my brother Bert to come and open us with a word of prayer as we begin to go live on the air right now. Praise the Lord. Most heavenly and gracious Father, we come tonight, Lord God, thanking you, Lord God, for allowing us to see this day, a day indeed that you have made. Father God, we thank you for every man that's here tonight. And Father, in the midst of this place tonight, Lord God, we ask that you move by your spirit, Lord God. Heal the one with the hung down head, Lord God. Heal the one, Lord God, that does not have hope for tomorrow. Heal the one, Lord God, that does not know you in the pardon of their sins. Father, we ask that you move in the midst tonight, Lord God. We ask, oh God, that you take away that unforgiving heart. Father God, that you heal, oh God, that confused heart. Father, speak peace as it passes all understanding. Move in the midst, Lord God. Father, indeed, tonight we do need a move, oh God. Father, we ask, oh God, in the midst of this service tonight, that that one does not go out the way it came in, Lord God. Let there be a change, Lord God. Let a word be spoken, Lord God. Let a song be sang, Lord God. Let a prayer be uttered, Lord God, that might change their life that might give them hope, that might encourage them, oh God, to hold on just another day. Move, oh God. Father, we honor you tonight. We thank you, Lord God, for looking beyond our faults, for looking beyond our shortcomings, Lord God, and seeing our need. Be in the midst tonight, Lord God. Have your way, oh God. We declare and decree this service, oh God, for your purpose tonight. We declare and decree this service tonight, Lord God, for your glory. We thank you, O God, for the wonderful, holy, matchless name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Thank you, my brother. We thank God for each and every one that is here tonight, and we welcome you. If you have any first-time Saturday night guests, I'd just like to see your hands. If you're in the room, amen, amen. We thank you, we thank you, and we welcome you here to the Recovery Church here at New Freedom. To all of our guests that are watching at home, we welcome you also. We want you to know that this is a place that we come to give God all the glory, where we come to receive from him and him only. It's not the personality, but it is the person in Jesus that we come to celebrate. So we thank God. For each and every one of you, we'd like to remind you that each and every Thursday night, we have the PON meeting. It's getting real full up in this place. Standing room only. But it's every Thursday night where you have an opportunity to come and be part of the step experience, recognizing the power in you and who gives you that power, who keeps you and who strengthens you. Through those 12 steps. 
So we want you to come and be part of that. Your families are invited. Those of you who are new here at New Freedom, your family's invited. And we want you to come and be part of that night. And also on Saturday night, your families are invited to come and be part of the Recovery Church, where we tag team to keep you on point, to get you to your destination. Because this is not, this is just a resting place for you. You understand that? It's a resting place. But we're here to help you. My brother Joe and myself, we tag team together to get you to the place that you need to get to where you leave here whole, strengthened, delivered, and ready to move on on the assignment that God has for you. Amen? Amen. So, I think all the announcements are done. So, you all have a seat. I'm going to sit with you for a while. I'm not quite to the point where I can run around yet. Because, no, you know, some of y'all know I will run. And, and if the Holy Ghost comes here tonight, I'm going to get up and run. I hear my wife saying, you better not. That's all good. But I'm thankful because what God has done for me in these last few weeks has given me a mindset to recognize the assignment that he has for me. Not just here, but the assignment that he has for the people of God. And when we think about an assignment, I had to realize that the whole uh, three-week setup was for a step up. And I know God made it so that um, even in the midst of my infirmity, I yet know he's a healer. See, you got to recognize the promises of God. And he says that he will rise you up. And I believe in that. So I know that um, it was just made so that last week, as I said, the week before last, we had a worship service. Didn't have to do a whole lot of work. Had a praise team here, awesome uh, team that came and ministered. Last week, we had a prayer service and I had a team working with me in prayer. Didn't have to do a lot of work. Tonight, the message he's given me to give to you, I don't have to do a lot of work. Why? Because God knows how to orchestrate things so that the people of God will be blessed by him and not by me. Did you hear what I said? I, I might not have gotten too many amens there. I said, you will be blessed by him and not by me. So, he given, he's given me this scripture in the book of Mark, chapter 14, uh, verse 3. While he was in Bethany reclining at the table, in the home of Simon the leper, a woman came with an alabaster jar, a very expensive perfume made of pure nod, she broke the jar and poured the perfume on his head. Some of those presented were saying to one another, why is this waste of perfume? It could have been sold for more than a year's wage and the money given to the poor. And they rebuked her harshly, leave her alone. Jesus said, why are you bothering her? She has done a beautiful thing to me. The poor you will have always with you, and 
You can help them at any time you want, but you will not always have me. She did what she could. She poured perfume on my body beforehand to prepare for my burial. Truly, I tell you, wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. Tonight, I just need to speak to you for a moment. The anointing makes the difference. The anointing makes the difference. So often we think about the anointing and you hear it often said and people wonder, well, why is he talking about the anointing? What are they saying, the anointing? I never feel nothing different. And they're talking about you anointed, you are anointed, you are appointed. The anointing is simply the yoke-breaking, transformation power, favor of God. When you realize that the anointing of God is on your life, you are set up for a step up to do kingdom work. To release the power of God that's down on the inside of you effectively. What do you mean effectively? Well, so often we forget of whose we are and who we are. We're not here on our own, but we're here to represent the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. A lot of you are in this room tonight. Some didn't even realize why you're here. You're here because God wants to remind you of the assignment that he has for you and that he's going to equip you and empower you to be able to go forward. Ah, talking about the assignment in the next couple of weeks, I have to deal with the assignment, the assignment. For some reason, I'm, weeks ago, God told me that I have to speak to you about the assignment. Play a little something for me. Just real soft. I feel a real sweet spirit in the room. Recognizing that an assignment without the anointing is nothing except for self-works. But when you have an assignment from God, you're not working on self. You're working on the power of God. So, I thought about a song is nice when someone sings it, but when they are anointed, that song makes a difference. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about because y'all heard some people sing under the anointing and not under a gift, and a tear would come out your eye because you would feel the presence of God. 
a sermon that's just spoke from a gift has no effect but a sermon under the anointing makes the difference why because it breaks the yoke people say well how is it that he's talking to me how is it that that he said that and how does he know what I was thinking or how I was feeling he don't but the anointing the anointing that's on your life. The anointing is something that, you know, is recognized when you go to a church and the church, you go in one way and you just leave the same way and you never feel nothing when you sit in those seats. The anointing will shake you up in a church service. Brother Birch, you know what I'm talking about. The anointing does something that's tangible. I want you right now to just reach up. Put your hands up with me. Because there's anointing in this room and you can start to pull it down. Just start pulling it, pulling it, pulling it. Oh, you're helping me preach now. You're pulling the anointing down. Because the anointing is tangible. We're talking tonight about gifts, about the anointing, about the power of the anointing. The Bible says in 1 John 2 and 20, you have an unction from the Holy One. I'd like to say we got an unction to function. The unction is the anointing that John's talking about here. When he says you have the anointing, the unction from the Holy One. Who is the Holy One? Somebody said it. Who's the Holy One? When Jesus places his anointing power on the inside of you. Some of us get so ah uh, well I got Jesus. No you have power to go forward in the assignment that God is calling you to. When the Old Testament back when Moses was given the word on how to prepare the anointing oil. He said, get so much frankincense and get so much cinnamon and get a till of olive oil and other fragrances and mix them together. And that oil was to represent the anointing. There's about 20 times in the Bible that you hear about anointing oil. Anointing oil is no hocus pocus thing. We go to church and
people will slap oil on you. But let me tell you, the little dab that you get done to you at church was nothing like the oil that Moses had to prepare to anoint Aaron, the high priest, with. He was anointing him for service. And they would pour a gallon or so of oil. You all heard the oil that dripped down from his head to his beard and down to the skirt of his garment. And it said that this oil was not just for him, but his children and their generation of children. So it goes completely down the line to where we are today. The oil, the anointed oil. When God told Samuel to go to Jesse to the feast and go there and pick out the one that I show you. And he says, anoint him. Why did he say anoint him? Because he was anointing him for service. When you are anointed, you're separated. When you're anointed, you're used for a purpose. When you're anointed, there's work to be done. David, at a young age, he was chosen out of all of his brothers. And Samuel had to go through, and it wasn't the appearance of the one that looked good, but it was the one that had a heart to serve and to worship. Are there any worshipers in the house? Ah, ah, see, I'm talking about a real worshiper. Someone that don't mind. Someone that don't mind giving God glory. Someone that don't mind giving God praise. I think I feel the anointing in this room right now because his presence is here. And while David was out tending to the sheep, he was called in because he had to be anointed for the assignment that was getting ready to come his way. Even though he was anointed and didn't understand what the assignment was, he was already pointed out the one. And there's several of you in here tonight that's pointed out as the one. So don't think that after tonight, after you are anointed and that you could just go on and do what you want to do. David had to go back and continually serve. As he was shepherding those sheep, he was learning how to be that shepherd, how to be that king how to be an authority. You can't be an authority if you never learn how to serve. Some of you are here on a, a mission to get a nice job and, a, and, a, and, 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 and have a position where you're called to be over people. Well, I want you to know you have to learn how to serve first. 
So, so David, 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 I like what he said in the Psalms 23 when he said, you prepared a table before me in the presence of my enemies. He said, you anointed my head with oil. My cup runneth over. I have more room for more anointing. I don't want no old anointing. I need a fresh anointing from God. Is there anybody in the room that needs a fresh anointing? You see, it's important that you understand that it's only Jesus mm, that you can receive your anointing. As he walked around with his disciples, I think I got a few disciples in the room tonight. If I could have a few disciples... I need a few disciples. Just come on. His disciples would would hang out. They was always with him. He was always teaching them. He was continually equipping them. And every time that they were at meet, as we come to the text, it said that they were at meat. But isn't it something how even the disciples were so comfortable with Jesus? So comfortable. He was just like one of the boys. The Bible says that he sat at the table, reclined, and There was a woman. I like this woman because this woman knew the importance of what Jesus had. This woman knew that her gifts were more important for the one who could make a difference in her life. The disciples, they were just hanging out. And at that time, a woman wasn't even supposed to be in the midst of all these men. But this woman saw for sure that she knew that Jesus was tired. He had been serving. He had been teaching. And he was getting ready to go to his death. She knew she had to serve him. And she wasn't going to let no excuse stop her or get in her way. Sometimes we have stuff that gets in our way. But you got to learn how to say, excuse me. We'll let relationships get in our way. You got to learn how to say, excuse me.
matter of fact, we even let sickness get in our way. But you've got to learn how to say, excuse me. I've got to get to Jesus. I know what's going on around me. I know the trouble that I'm dealing with. But I got to get to Jesus. The woman knew for sure that all kinds of excuses, all kinds of roadblocks, all kinds of situations was going to come to try to stop her. But she simply says, excuse me. The disciples probably is looking saying, what in the world is going on here? What is she doing here? You know, most of the recordings in the Bible, you'll see it in every gospel. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Matthew, Mark, and John. Matthew and Mark speak about a woman that doesn't have a name. John speaks about Mary. You know, Lazarus' sister. And Luke. Luke calls her a sinner woman. Now, they are two different women. The first three all talk about one, but the one in Luke, he talks about a total different woman. They say they were at Simon's house, Simon the leper. And Luke says, Simon the Pharisee. This woman knew that she had to get to Jesus. Her blessing. Her blessing. was getting to Jesus. When you think of the anointing, this woman came to the anointed one and the Bible says that she so much about what Jesus was going through that she was going to one of the writers says she weeped and her tears she washed his feet the other one said she had an alabaster box with very, very precious ointment. And she washed his feet. The others said that, wait, 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 I messed up. She didn't just open the box. It says she broke it. 
because there was no going back. One writer said she poured the oil on his head. They was all around, and one of the disciples was getting all, what in the world is she doing with this precious ointment? What do you say? said every single time that the gospel is preached this woman must be spoken about she anointed Jesus for his burial. What a work. When you have an assignment on your life, do it. Jesus was now ready to go for his burial. He was set aside, anointed with this fragrance. And all of his disciples were in awe. Because she did the useful thing. The work that God has for you, my brothers and my sisters, the assignment that he has for you, he wants to anoint you to be prepared for his use. God used Jesus for the greatest assignment ever to go to the cross to die to rise up so that each and every one of us would have everlasting life I don't think could have been a greater anointing 
than what was experienced that day in that room. As she anointed Jesus, there was a Laroma, aroma. I almost said Laroma, aroma in the air. Anytime the anointing is present, there's a special aroma in the air. The presence of God is always present when the anointing is there. No foulness, foulness has to leave. Strife has to leave. Discontent has to leave. Sickness has to leave. The anointing breaks the yoke. And tonight, God has set you up for an assignment at hand. Some of you don't even understand it right now. But I know for sure that as Jesus says, I was anointed to preach to the brokenhearted. And whatever it is that some of you are dealing with in this room right now, we're going to pray it off of you because the assignment that is before you, he's ready to anoint you, to sanctify you, to set you apart for his use. There's a few of you, there's a few, there's a few in this room. This isn't your first rodeo. You've been here before. God said, the reason I brought you back this way because this time, I want you to hear what I have to say. I want to anoint you with purpose. I want you to recognize that some of the stuff that you dealt with in your past, it's your past. Where I'm taking you is on an assignment. I need everybody in here tonight to stand to your feet.
and tonight the assignment that I have to anoint everyone in this room I'm going to ask Minister Joe if he would come up and assist me Some people don't know, but this is an anointed man of God. And the work that he does doesn't go unnoticed. The lives that have been touched because of the assignment that God has called on his life. He has anointed him he has appointed him and he's moving in the service of God. If you don't believe me, come on Thursday night and see the number of people that are being touched by the power of the Holy Ghost. Some folks don't want to talk about that power. But we and him talk about it regularly because we know that Jesus can do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could possibly ask or think. But the scripture says, according to the power that worketh in us. So when you recognize that power, you'll recognize the anointing that's on your life. Tonight, we're going to anoint each and every one, and I'm going to have my disciples give each and every one a bottle of oil here to leave with. The bottle of oil, understand, just a bottle of oil. What does that bottle of oil represent to you? Do you have faith to believe the significance of the power of God? You'll be able to see devils flee from your house. Take that oil and go anoint your children's pillow so that when they leave to go to school, they be covered. Anoint your house, doors, windows. Matter of fact, anoint your mirror so that when you look in it, you know who you are, whose you are, and the assignment that you have on your life. If you'll grab these boxes back here, Rick. Our, uh, we're not allowed.
want to show this on camera because we can't put people on the camera. Uh, so because of that, we are going to cut the feed at this time.